2: Blog Talk Radio. All
0: right, fans, here we go. Four two-minute
2: rounds of boxing scheduled women in the ring
3: Hey there,
0: Fight fans. This is a two-minute round. your hooks hooked and jabs. Look at female boxing. This is episode number 135. We've been gone for a little bit, but we are back, and this is our last show of the year. So it's jam-packed. We're going to be talking about everything that has gone through in female boxing in the last uh, number of weeks. We have a special guest joining us in about 15 minutes, up-and-coming prospect Mia Ellis from Baltimore, Maryland, she's going to be joining us in about 15 minutes, and we also have the end of the year awards, and what's coming up is for the rest of the year, which is not a lot, but there is some, my name is Felipe Leon, from Tijuana, Baja California, Mexico, and from the Bay Area of Northern California is Mrs. Lupi Gutierrez. Lupi, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing good. It seems like we haven't been on for a while. I'm Yeah, quite- it's
0: been quite a while, actually. You know, things get in the way, life gets in the way, but we're here, we're ready to talk about what's coming next, and from the Inland Empire, just east of his hometown of East L.A., Mr. David Avila. David, how are you doing tonight?
2: Very good, very good. How's everybody?
0: Good. Is it cold out there? It's cold. Yes. I'm sure it's cold out there with you, right, Lupi?
1: Oh, it's cold. It's 32 in the morning, and that's when I get up to go work out. It's
2: brutal.
0: How about with you, David? Is it, how cold is it out there in the Empire? It? Yeah, it's been in the
2: 30s. been in the 30s and oh. 35,
0: 36. Wow. Over here is in the in the 40, 41, in the morning, like at 6 in the morning. And then it gets a little warmer, but it's still kind of chilly. But it is Southern California. Well, here we are, mm-hmm. episode number 135. And let's get back into the review real quick before our guest host, uh, our guest, actually, Mia Ellis in in about 15 minutes going back to Friday November 18th from the Czech Republic Alexa Kubicki scored a unanimous decision over veteran Isabel Millan in a 10 rounder at 112 pounds scores there were 190 99 91 and 97 94 Millan had announced her retirement uh some fights ago but she keeps on fighting and I read a, a, a post that her manager slash trainer of Millan Posted on Facebook, and he said that things were very interesting uh, out there in um, in um, in the Czech Republic. They say that he wrote that the ring was like a floor ring, you know, like maybe like a foot off, right off the floor, and that the promoter was the one that would choose the judges. It didn't even seem like there was like a local commission or anything like that. He said it was very very strange, but. Alexa Kubicki, who has less than, I think has like four or five fights, scoring a, a lopsided unanimous decision over Isabel Millan, 100 to 90, 99, 91, and 97, 94. On Saturday, November 19th, in Guadalajara, Mexico, Marlene Badillo scored a unanimous decision over Mayela Perez in a 112 pounds scores there were 60, 54 times. And on Tuesday, November 22nd, in New York City, Micaela Krebs, According to unanimous decision over Indeya Smith in an eight-rounder at 118 pounds, scores there were 80, 72, and 79, 73 two times. And on Saturday, November 26th, from London, England, on the Zone Sandy, according to unanimous decision over Anaí Esther Sanchez for the 140-pound WBC International title, scores there were 192, 99, 91 in 98, 92. David, what can you tell us about Sandy Ryan? Do you see her developing? Do you think it's too early to take on such a veteran as a Estet Sanchez from what you saw a couple weeks ago? What did you see in, in Sandy Ryan?
2: Well, I mean, she's still a little green for a professional, but uh, I see she has a lot of uh, potential. I see a lot of potential in her, and and the strongest I see is that she has that uh, the will, and that's a big part of fighting, uh, to have that willpower, because when you have the rest, the athleticism and stuff, it, it'll come together if you have a good trainer, and if they match her right. But so far, I, I, I can see her eventually fighting for titles.
0: Did, did you get to watch that fight, Lupi?
1: I watched a little bit, and yeah, she always improved, and a lot of people, and I don't know why she doesn't excite me. You know, I already, she will be fighting for world title. In fact, I think I was heard that something was being thrown around for next year or something.
2: Hmm. You get early
1: on. But,
0: to me, she's yeah. still Yeah, It'll happen. Mm-hmm. To me, it seems like she's she's still a little bit green. I don't know if it's because of her opponents that are so experienced, like Anai Esther Sanchez, former world champion. But uh, I think that she still needs to be developed a little bit. I don't even understand why she's being taken so fast when I don't think she's that um, old as far as age. She's 5-1, uh, and one, two knockouts and she's 29 years old which is not that old so I don't know why she's being taken such a fast route but you know Eddie Hearn has, knows what he's doing so we'll see what happens there. On the same night in Carson, California Evelyn Bermudez loses a majority decision to Yocasta Valles in a 10 rounder for the 108-pound IBF and WBO title scores there were 99-91, 97-93 and then even 95-95. David, you were one uh of the few maybe or maybe not the few but you were one that from early on you thought that valle had a really good chance of, of beating bermudez i thought that bermudez experience uh experience uh <clears throat> longer reach and taller uh you know being taller was gonna you know take her to victory but valle pulled it off Majority decision, close decision. You were there at Carson at the uh, Dignity Hill Sports Center for Complex. What did you see uh, that we didn't see on TV?
2: Uh, well, the one to do is that because Bermudez is is so um, wide-handed crazy, she was able to, to use that against her by making her shift her feet. and And she would shift. And Bermudez would have to set up again for that right hand because that was that's her money punch. And so once Yocasta got a, adjusted to it, because she did take some right hands in the first two rounds, and she was able to take it. Uh, but then she started slipping in between the punches and and making her shift, uh, make Bermudez shift her feet. And that's when she took over. She was able to to make basically punch in between her punches and get out of danger, and that's basically the recipe for the fight.
1: Did you get to watch that fight, Lupe? I did, and and I, I was one of the naysayers. I was with Felipe, and, um, yeah, she really surprised me, and she was all over, but it's all over her, but not just pitter-pattering, which I thought she was going to do. She actually had a little bit more power behind those punches. Am I right, David? Did she hurt her? Did, were they a little bit more powerful?
2: Uh, She stunned her a few times, not a lot, but I'd say about three times. She really stunned her with really good punches and, you know, made her go backwards. Uh, I think it kind of surprised Bermudez, but uh, Bermudez is very good. She just has to learn how to use that left. Mm.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, David. I think that the the key to Bias' success was taking Bermudez's right hand away. I mean, we kinda of had an inclination that that's really was Bermudis' money punch and when when Valle was able to figure out that she needed to get out of range of the right hand but then still be able to get inside and land her punches very quickly actually. She's bad. she has very fast hands and she was able to do that. She basically took the fight over. I mean, I saw her pretty close. That ninety seven ninety that ninety nine ninety one, I think that's that's ridiculous. And I think that was um if I'm not mistaken, that was a, a controversial judge that gave that ninety nine ninety one. Let me
1: double check that one second. Yeah, that's that same, that's that same Adelita,
0: judge. Adelaida Byrne is infamous yeah. for giving uh crazy, crazy uh scores. Um last yeah. time she gave crazy score, I think it was on a, in a Canelo fight or something like that. And she was actually, you know, reprimanded for it, and we didn't see her for a while. I'm trying to look at that fight, uh, which one it was, but I know that it was, I think, a Canelo fight. So that 99-91 by her, that's crazy. Um, 97-93, a lot closer, maybe 96-94 would have made sense. And and obviously, you can't argue with that um, uh, 95-95, which I think it might have been close enough to to do that. But – but that's what – so now, since then, Yocasta Valle has actually vacated the IBF and I believe also the WBO world titles, stating that she wants to uh, unify at 105 pounds and obviously calling out the other name in that, in that division, Sineza Estrada. So we'll see if that's a fight that gets made. Um, in the new future, and when I say new future, hopefully in the first trimester or the first half of 2023, but we'll be talking about the fights that we want to see in 2023 later on in the show. Now we move out to that. On the same night, November 26th, in Dallas, Texas, Shoretta, Metcalf scored unanimous decision over Liana Calderon in a six-rounder and 122-pound scores There were 59-55 three times. And on Thursday, December 1st, in Tokyo, Japan, Mizuku, Mizuki Iruta scored a decision over Kanako Taniyama uh, for the WBO Super Flat Week title over 10 rounds. Actually, there's no scores given on BoxRec. And in Rosarito on December 3rd here in Mexico, Tania Enrique scored a unanimous decision over Enna Maltos in an eight-rounder at 115-pound Scores There were 80-72 three times. And the same night in on December 3rd, In Tlazlepantla, Mexico, Maria Guadalupe Bautista, who is listed as the WBA light flyweight champion in recess, but she was defending her title against Gabriela Sanchez Saavedra in a 10-rounder. She scored a unanimous decision at 108 pounds. Scores there were 99-91, 97-93, and 96-94. And in Glendale, Arizona, on December 3rd, Beatriz Ferreira, the Brazilian, scored a second-round TKO over Carice Brown in a six-rounder. This was, like, a really quick turnaround fight for Beatriz Ferreira. She actually looked more impressive in this fight than in her pro debut, and she pretty much dominated a veteran in Carice Brown, David. Um, The only thing that that I think, and I don't know if you know this, David, so I might be breaking the news to you. Um that she is planning to participate in not only in pro fights as she's doing now as the two and zero with one knockout, but also to participate in amateur bouts. now that, you know, the amateur world scene is allowing professional fighters to compete. Yeah. Did you know that David? And if so, obviously we know your thoughts about that. We don't agree with it. None of us here on the show do. So, what did you think of her performance on, uh, in uh against uh Carisa Brown.
2: I actually didn't see it, uh, I didn't see her fight. So I, I haven't seen any kind of footage of her yet.
0: You haven't seen her first She's fight impressive.
2: either? No, I haven't seen any of it.
0: Oh okay. So if you haven't check her out just, Yeah, you gotta check her out. She's pretty fast. She's very aggressive. She's very technically sound. Um I think uh, with a little bit more experience, she's going to be somebody to be reckoned with at 135 pounds. And it's pretty interesting that she's from Brazil, which is really not known. I mean, there's Brazilian fighters here and there. The biggest name in the last, what do you like, 20 years has been uh, Celino Popo fritas But as far as female fighters, boxers, besides Cyberg, which she just made her pro debut not too long ago in boxing, and she's an MMA fighter, there really hasn't been a big uh, – Brazilian name in boxing, as far as female boxing is concerned, but I think this uh, Beatriz Ferreira might be uh, the one that really puts that that uh, country on the boxing female uh, female boxing map. So now we yeah, move she's on. She's
1: an Olympic silver medalist.
0: She won it in, in what
1: year? Um, the last one. And she, um, yeah, no, she wait, twenty. No, this 2020, and she, um, you know, she should fight Melissa Parker. She's that kind of style, David. Like she just goes in there and body, body, head, and you know, combos. She did dominate. And uh, Clarice, uh, Clarice Brown, she made her pro debut against Melissa Parker and got knocked out. And then here she is against one that's similar to Melissa Parker and got knocked out. Wow they knew what they were up against, <laughs> you know, they have to look at the backgrounds of these girls. Yeah, yeah she's, pretty,
0: she's pretty, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, they knew who, I'm pretty sure they knew who Beatriz Ferreira was, but uh, but before we move on to our to the last of the rearview, which would be uh, the show from this last weekend with Ebony Bridges uh, defending the world title, on the line with us now from Baltimore, Maryland, and another than Miss Mia Ellis. Let me punch her in. Hi, Mia.
3: How you doing tonight? I'm sorry. I can't hear you.
0: You can't? Can you hear us now?
3: Yeah, I can hear you now.
0: Okay. Hey, how you doing? This is Felipe from the two minute round. Thank you for being with us. How you doing?
3: I'm doing good. How about yourself?
0: Good. Thank you. So in how this tradition here. We're going to pass on the baton to Mr. David Avila. David, go right ahead.
2: Uh, Mia, good to hear from you again. It's been a while.
3: So, yeah, I know.
2: What's changed uh, ever since the last time we talked? What's your journey been like in pro boxing? Uh,
3: it's, it's it's still going good. I just had one little hiccup. Uh, but other than that, everything's still going, going good. Everything's still going how we planned it.
2: What are some of the things that you've learned that – in the last uh, couple of years so as a pro
3: uh, one thing that I learned um is you know just stay focused if if you're mental not right don't you know don't don't even put yourself in that predicament to you know uh have a hiccup but other than that you you, you just gotta stay focused in whatever God got planned for you to have.
2: I I did get to see you fight uh, when you fought at the Stable Center in Los Angeles and uh and it was pretty uh it was a pretty amazing experience. I guess you're used to it now because you you fight uh, uh yeah. a lot into yeah. the Tank Davis uh shows. Yeah. What's that been like for you to to experience that?
3: Uh, now I'm I'm used to it, but I've been fighting in front of crowds since I was 8 years old, so it wasn't nothing new to me when the first time I fought on his undercard. But now I can see I'm I'm actually used to fighting in the big arenas with him.
2: Yeah, it's something that a lot of uh, female fighters are accustomed to because usually they don't fight in front of 20,000 people like that. uh, And that was pretty jam-packed that day. And also, uh, what's it? What kind of changes have you made in your style since becoming a pro?
3: Um, it's not that I changed my style intentionally. I just got better as the time went on. Um, I think that's just how it works for everybody. The more you do it and the more you work on your craft, you just get better.
2: I I also know that you fought it lightweight for a little while, but you mostly fight as a super featherweight. So, where do you feel yeah. more comfortable?
3: Um, I'm I'm comfortable at 130. I make 130 real easy. I might go down to 126, but uh, right now I'm gonna maintain at 130.
2: Okay, Mia, uh, I'm gonna pass you on to Loopy. Loopy. Hi, Mia. How you
1: doing? Hey, good. Welcome to the show. Thank you. You know, you have one of the best fighting names. How did you become Killer B?
3: <laughs> it's a long story of um, between me and my two sisters, we all got nicknames. I'm Killer B. My older sister is uh Honey Bee and my second sister is Queen Bee. I, I was showed oh. Killer B because I was the I was the main one.
1: <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I love that. Oh, so you're the mean one. So, is it true that you saw a boxer get his nose busted, and then you told your dad that you wanted to make somebody's nose bleed too?
3: Yes, yeah, it's actually on YouTube when I said that. Um, I seen somebody else get busted when I was younger, and I I told him I wanted to, you know, give it a try to make somebody else nose bleed.
1: <laughs> so, is that when it started for you? I mean. Well, it says here when I was reading something on you, and it said when you were just eight, you were called a boxing prodigy. You've been in Jet magazine, The Ring, Baltimore Afro American. Yes. is that when it started?
3: Yes, it started um basically when I was an infant. Uh, my dad used to watch uh old fights from the 1990s and older in the basement, and I just used to watch with him. So with me growing up around it and going to the gym, so I just stuck with it.
1: So, can you tell us more about your personal amateur highlights within USA Boxing?
3: Uh, I was twenty. I was twenty and four. I didn't really go to uh, USA Boxing tournaments because I ain't really like the Saudi sport But they mm-hmm. wanted me on the USA team just before I turned pro. But we didn't go.
1: All right. Okay. You know, I was living in Long Beach, border Compton in California during the Rodney King riot. And it's something I'll uh, never forget. And you lived through the Freddie Gray riot. And it was actually on your birthday, yes. right? And so yes. how important <laughs> was boxing and the gym for you during that time?
3: Uh well, during that time we had we had to shut down because, you know, it was a riot throughout the whole city. So um, it was kind of devastating for the ones that really wanted to be in the gym to shut down for cars like that. Um, but it was just mm-hmm. so crazy outside. Everything was on fire, people breaking bringing in stores, and we literally was
1: in the middle of it. The
3: gym was in the middle mm-hmm. of it. So. Did
1: you stay in the gym? Is that where you were your yeah, safe I, time, your safe place? I'm sorry, what you say? Mm-hmm. I said, w- did you guys stay in the gym? Was that your safe place?
3: Uh No, we, we they shut their gyms down. They closed it, so we, we stay home. But we found another gym to go
1: to, to you know, stay in shape until everything is over. <laughs> oh, that's great. You know, I'm, in regards to your boxing, your pro career, you know, you had your only loss to Jacob Pavillis, which really surprised me. And then you followed up with a first-round yeah. TKO in your fight with Shaniqua Frazier. Can you tell us yeah. more or kind of fill in the blanks for us? Yes, um,
3: because two days before that fight, I had lost a family member and my mental wasn't right. But that was what I was saying a few minutes ago. If your mental not right, you shouldn't, you know, put yourself in that situation. I let my pride get in the way knowing that I had people coming to see me fight. So I felt like I still had to put on a show call. But, you know, that wasn't the right thing to do. My dad tried to get me to change my mind about fighting. But like I said, I let my pride get in the way. I still wanted to fight.
1: Mhm. And then you you fought. I think it was less than a month later, or sometime later. Yeah. And then you had a first round TKO. So yeah. you just you're back to yourself.
3: Yes, I'm. I'm still, you know, healing from the loss. But I, you know, I got I got I to gotta keep pushing.
1: Yeah, you do. You know, I I, I like following you, and I, I look forward to um seeing what's next for you. So I'm sure Felipe, can, uh, I know he's going to ask a good question, so I know what to look forward to. Okay. Hey, thanks for coming on the show. You know, it was great talking to no, you. thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Hello, Mia. Thank you,
0: um, thank, you. thank you, Lupi. <clears throat> so we understand that you're, you're going to be on the undercard of the fight in January for, uh, for your uh, gym mate, uh, Gervonta Tank Davis. Is that correct? Yes. Um, do you know the particulars of the fight, who you are fighting, how many rounds?
3: Yes, um, I'm fighting six rounds for um, a small title. I'm fighting against a Nigerian. Her name is Evercee. She's 7 and no, 6 8
0: Wow. And do you know anything, do you know any more about her? Have you seen tape of her?
3: Uh Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've seen a few it wasn't much, but it's not. I don't really study. I know that's that's my coach's job. Like they, they just you know keeps me on what I you should show me what I gotta work on. You know to get through the fight.
0: Now you had a, you had a pretty busy 2022. I mean you fought three times, but yeah. it's been a little bit under the radar. What do you think you need to do in 2023 to kind of like? jump out there. I mean, you mentioned right now you're fighting for a, a small a title at, in a six-rounder. But what would you like to see happen in your career in this coming 2023 to kind of jump out there and let more people know about you and your talent?
3: I mean, if I could see the fight on Javante's undercards uh, and be fighting for this small title, my name will automatically, you know, jump out there because it's already... It's already making noise over in the UK. I don't got calls saying that they talk about me over in the UK. So it's not like I'm just in the high. It'll, it'll, it'll happen naturally.
0: I know that, I mean, Lupe touched a little bit on, on, on your loss. And you mentioned, uh you know, some of the things that were happening in your life that might have led to to that defeat. I have a two-part question regarding that defeat. One, do you want the rematch so you can try to avenge that loss? Is that something that you and your team are looking for? And second, and this is a question I ask other fighters, to a certain sense, I mean, I know that nobody likes to lose, and especially a boxer who is very competitive and and doesn't like to lose, but do you feel like a little bit of sense of of relief of losing – the undefeated, and that way you can kind of concentrate more on your career and not having that looming over you like a lot of fighters do. That yeah. they re- they really try not to get in tough fights so they don't lose that undefeated record. Yes,
3: yeah. um, for the for the first question, yes, we are looking forward to rematch her. Once that guy get the belt, we want to at least you know try to defend it. We'll try rematch. And the second part it do feel like a relief because, you know, people, I don't know why people so concentrating on trying to stay undefeated. Only a few people did that was Floyd um, and not many others, Devontae Davis. So people, they just focusing on the wrong thing, trying to stay undefeated. Just, you know, get your fights and if you can get out of the sport.
0: I agree with you. I think that if you get in a, in a fight, like that and you end up losing you know you're only going to learn and that'll be my last question for you before we let you know because I know it's just been late out there in, in Baltimore what do you yes. think is the biggest lesson that you learned from from that loss
3: the biggest lesson is what I said earlier just if, you're, if you know your mental is not right don't don't take the fight it, mm. it, the, the opportunity will come back around because I'm still getting an opportunity either bigger and better opportunity since I took the loss but if you know your mental not right, don't do leave a step in the ring because
1: you just – you, you
3: beat on yourself more than what you asked you.
0: Let me piggyback on that answer real quick and, and that question. How hungry were you three months later that when you watched Nico Frazier to go in there? And, I mean, you blasted her out in 30 seconds, but I can only imagine in your training camp for that fight, you know, how – hungry you were to get back in the ring and prove that man
3: yeah. ellis more than that loss correct yeah i felt like i had to you know redeem myself to the people who was looking at that loss not knowing the situation that was going on before the fight um and even with this upcoming fight i still feel like i got to redeem myself to people you know that don't know the the, the backstory on why i lost
0: well, there you go, Mia, Thank you for being on the show with us. We're going to look out for your fight on the undercard of Davis. Uh, I think guy's name is Herrera or something like that, his opponent, the Dominican. Yes. And, uh, yeah. and we want to thank you for taking the time to be in with us, uh, uh, despite being so late out there in Baltimore, your hometown. So we thank you for being on the show. Once again, wish you all the luck in your next fight and in 2023, mm-hmm. and I'm sure
3: we'll speak to you again. Thank you. I appreciate it have a good night Bye,
0: mia. thank you have a good night and there you have it folks mia ellis with uh, a stable mate of uh Ravonta davis we had her on the show before very interesting story if you have it you could go back on the archives and check it out um a little bit under the radar uh guys i honestly didn't know that she had lost until so i started doing a little bit of research for this interview here um, but I think that she has a good head on her shoulders as far as what is going on in, in her career, and uh, she seems like she has a little, a little bit of a tough fight. Um, you know, Nigerian Africa. You know, the boxing scene out there might not be as you know as competitive as out here in the United States. She has a, uh, an amateur pedigree, but still, you got a fighter that's eight and zero with seven knockouts. One thing that that fighter from Nigeria doesn't know how to do and that's lose. And they go out there and try not to lose, you know. So she might have a little bit of a fight on her hands come January. And we'll share. Sure. I think those those undercard fights, they end up broadcasting them on, on Showtime's YouTube page. So we right. might get to uh, see uh, Mia Ellis in her next fight. i actually looking forward to that um, because I think that's a pretty good fight on paper. And we'll see what happens. So let's go back. To Saturday, December 10th, which was just this last weekend, from Leeds, England, Ebony Bridges scored a eighth-round TKO over Shannon O'Connell to defend for the first time her IBF 118-pound title. There's a lot of bad blood between these two Australians. Shannon Courtney scored a unanimous decision over Hema Gemma Rueg in an eight-rounder at 126 pounds. Scores there were 77-75. And Ryan Dixon scored a unanimous decision over Christine Shergold in an eight-rounder and 135 pounds. The loan score was 80-73, same thing as Shannon Courtney, because as we have mentioned here before, the British Boxing Board of Control doesn't have enough money with all the fights that are being made to have three judges on an undercard fight and have you know, the referee score it. But I, for one, I'm going to eat crow because – Although I, I, I like how Ebony fights, and I know she's tough. I mean, we've seen it, especially in that one fight, fight some fights ago where she, I think it was with Shannon Courtney where they, they you know, they her right yeah, I forgot what eye it was, but it got closed shut. And we've seen her really go out there. I didn't think that she had the skill to be able to beat a taller, good, good enough technical fighter in Shannon O'Connell. And, at, and in the first... I think it was either first or second round O'Connell was landing her right hand at Will and actually hurt Bridges at the end of one of those, of the first or second round where she made Bridges knees uh, buckle a little bit, but I got to give it to Ebony Bridges and I, and I got to eat crow here. She really pulled it off. She She just kept going forward, throwing a lot of punches, really showing her grit and she was able to, um uh, spectacularly stop Shannon O'Connell in the eighth round, so I was pretty impressed by bridges and I'm really not gonna look uh, beyond her in, in in her future fights quite honestly i'm gonna give a little bit more i'll'm gonna give a little bit more credit to what she can do and she she proved me wrong david so what did you see in that fight <laughs>
2: Yes, yeah, no. She continues to improve. I mean, most
1: yeah.
2: most people they improve in little increments. She improves by leaps and bounds. It seems like every fight, it's kind of uh, uncanny how she does it, and uh, she just looks better and better and better. Uh, I I thought that she was going to be a little. I thought she was going to be better than Shannon O'Connell, but I didn't. I didn't think that she would knock her out. like, And that was no fluke. She just uh, <laughs> battered her.
0: What did you see, Loopy?
1: I saw Ebony knock Shannon O'Connell to another dimension. You know, Ebony, like you said, she always comes forward. I love that she never just throws one punch. And, you know, her jabs were two or three followed with the body. And then when Shannon would come and hit her four times, she was blocking all of them. She was... Her, she really has improved she was she was aggressive oh, yeah. I mean she beat her to a pulp but she also if one of her little clips she had she, they asked her why she didn't react and she like, I couldn't waste any energy I was keeping all the energy inside and she was talking all that at weigh-in she was like, I kept it all inside worked be amazing
2: oh yeah
1: even the knockdown the knockdown though that stunned her. that third round knockdown she was stunned
2: yeah,
0: she was. Um, so Ebony, po- Ebony, posted on her social media that I think it was her. I think it was her right hand that got pretty swollen, and it looks like she might uh, need some time off to recuperate from that. From um. From that um. Uh, from that um. From that uh uh um. I'm sorry, injury. So we'll see what when she's when she comes out uh, next, and when what she and what's in store for her. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, as far as Shannon, Courtney, and Rhiannon, Dixon, and do you have any comments on those fights?
1: No, I didn't watch those fights, but no. I was glad that Shannon Courtney was back. I had the flu, so I was late on Ebony's too. Oh.
0: Uh, so I wonder if, um, I wonder if, um, if Shannon Courtney, I mean, she fought 126 pounds and if she's looking for the rematch against Bridges, or she also mentioned trying to see if she could get another fight with, uh, Jamie Mitchell who lost her title, um, so, but she, I think she has a little bit of way to go as far as uh, as far as her weight. Cause she weighed in for this fight. It seems like at 126 pounds. Let me let me double check that weight. Yeah, it was uh, 126.
2: Come,
0: like, it it was.
2: was. Yeah.
0: Oh okay. Yeah, so she she got a little bit of uh, yeah one and a She has a little bit of uh, way to go on that weight to get down to the to the weight title with uh, Mitchell and. uh uh, she actually missed weight against Jamie Mitchell, and ended up losing the fight anyways. And then she did fight Ebony Bridges at 117 pounds bantam weight. So, so there you go. So, so there you have it. The rear view. We just watched it. Now, I mean, we just talked about it. We just had the interview with Mia Ellis talking about her next upcoming fight in January on the undercard of Gervonta Davis. And now we're going to go into our 2022 awards. We have them every year that we've been on the air. So David, We'll start with you and who you have voted for. Our first category, which is the Never Boring Award, who did you give that uh, award to?
2: Oh, I gave that to Ebony Bridges. I think uh, every time she fights, everybody wants to watch, and including me, I have to watch. Uh, she just she brings everything. She's basically what a prize fighter should be, entertaining, interesting, and she can fight.
0: Luffy, do you agree with that, or do you have somebody else on mind?
1: Never boring award goes to Emily Bridges. Tattoos, highly anticipated weigh-ins, making 6000 selling her socks. She speaks five or six different languages. She draws beautifully. She And she announced her OnlyFans only fans page before the fight, and she'll probably crash their site. And her win over Shotgun was just a cherry on everything.
0: I agree with you guys. I, thought, I mean, I think it's pretty it's – pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty surprised that we all agreed with Bridges for all the reasons that you guys mentioned. And I think she kind of reminds me because she started boxing late. She actually started in the boxing world as a ring card girl. She I think she had competed before that as like a physical like a fitness type of model. Um mm-hmm. she started in boxing late. She has learned very quickly. She still she's very she's she's a good fighter and she's good enough to be a world champion and to defend her title, which she did against her mandatory challenger. But also there's enough flaws there that make her entertaining and never boring. And she reminds me, David, of the late, great Arturo Gatti. You know, he was a good fighter, uh, but there was enough flaws, and there was enough heart, and there was enough uh, toughness for him to always go forward and try to win the fight, even though he was, uh, you know, overmatched. We've seen him overmatch with, you know, Oscar De La Hoya, with Floyd Mayweather, etc., etc. We haven't seen her overmatched. I mean, she was defeated by Shannon Courtney, uh, but she has learned in leaps and bounds from that fight, and she's looking very mm-hmm. good now. Um, but I think there are better fighters that are 118 pounds than her. But, other, you know, like the other champions, which are uh, uh, Nina Nina Hughes, I think that's an even fight. Julianne Luna, I think she's better than her, a lot more experienced. Dina Torslin mm-hmm. might be better than her. I still want to see those fights, though. So hopefully oh, yeah. look to to unification mm-hmm. as far as that. So I think we all are in agreement, never boring. The award goes to Ebony Bridges. Now we go to the second category, <laughs> most underrated award, David. Give us your, your winner.
2: Um, I, I'm going to go with somebody that a lot of people don't know under the radar. It's Michaela Nebel. She, she's always fighting these monster fighters. I mean, her very first fight she was fighting – uh heather heather, uh, hardy. heather hardy and she just of ramona lee and i mean she and she's never out of it of the she she gives them battles and i think she's very underrated she's never been protected but she's always in the fight every single fight
0: loopy
1: that was a good one david I, that's really good uh, my most underrated award goes to Canada's Jessica Camara. I mean, although COVID challenged Kelly Reese in 2021 for the IBO and the WBA and the WBO super-like titles, I mean, since then, she's fought Brazil's Simone Silva, who fights everybody, and everybody wants to fight her because they know they're going to beat her. And then in September, she fought a six-rounder with uh, Josefina Vega, and she knocked her out in the first round. I think Jessica's a beast. She's one of I really love my American fighters, but I love Jessica Camara. There's a lot of great fights can to be made in that division with Sandy Ryan, Christina Linardazzi, Erica Ferrius and I'd love to see her with some tougher competition. If anybody will take the fight, Cause she's I think she's a beast.
2: Oh yeah. Well,
0: Those are very good choices. I think I'm I'm gonna agree with with David, and Nebel, um She's a tough fighter. She takes on all comers. You know, she's a good test. And you, and, and in boxing, if you really think about it, in, whether it be male or female boxing, we need, you know, those gatekeepers, the ones that are going to tell us, is this fighter um, ready to jump to this next level? And by beating Neville, they prove it. And, you know, and some of them do, some of them don't. Um, so I think that is a, a good choice in, in Neville. Now we go to uh, most inspirational award giver for 20.
2: 22 who do you have That was a tough one uh, there's so many um I couldn't choose between the Fujioka or Pascha Cruise just because they they go through so many obstacles and they just keep on going and keep on proving uh to me that's it's inspiring to to see that they never quit
0: Okay uh Loopy, so so you give it a co award between Franchon Cruz and who was the other one? I'm sorry.
2: Oh, uh, Franchon Cruz.
0: And Francia, who was the the first one you mentioned?
2: Neoko Fujioka. Oh,
0: okay, Neoko Fujioka. Okay, so co award from David, uh, most inspirational. Loopy, who do you have?
1: Yeah, those are good. Those are great ones. And Franchon's a really great one. My most inspirational award goes to Clarissa Shields. I mean. She, yeah. she won her, uh, her amateur nemesis. She's fighting for her community in Flint. The, when she had the fight scheduled, she launched her BYF Boxing Yoga Fitness Youth Program, where she's the lead instructor in Flint. And she has her Thanksgiving turkey giveaways, but also fighting through her diversity and, and working to become a calmer and more, a better person. And she's so charismatic. And I've seen the change. And I know you guys have seen the change in her, too. She's, oh, yeah. she's calmer. He's growing
2: hmm. I agree Interesting. Yeah
0: that was a, that's a good choice I was thinking of Shields but you know what Who I chose as my more inspiration And I think it's because She's kind of Putting on the table And who she is And I think that she's not Apologizing for who she is And what she stands for And you know And what she's doing inside the ring as well And that's Rama, Ramla Ali. You know she's a Muslim. Yeah. I was actually at the mm-hmm. fight, her last fight in in, uh, in August in uh, Saudi Arabia, and she was the first mm-hmm. uh, Muslim uh, to fight in an Islamic country. Uh, she the fight wasn't that that competitive. She knocked out Crystal Garcia Nova in the first round. But she was there. After that, she she made her pilgrimage to Mecca. She's a model. She's also doing that. Mm-hmm. So so. You know, she's wearing the the. I'm I, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. The hijab, or I'm not I'm not sure is that the way you pronounce it. But I think it's very inspirational that you know she's she, she's kind of you know doing both sides of of the of the coin. She's being a model, you know, flaunting in a certain way. And I'm not saying that I'm not using that word in a bad way. Her femininity. But then when she, but then she also has to hide her femininity with, with a, with a, a traditional garb of where she comes from and her religion. And then on top of all that, she's a boxer, you know, so that to me is very mm-hmm. inspirational. She moved to the United States to learn better, more from, uh, in South California, better sparring and everything with Manny Robles. So for me, for 2022 and what she has done for the sport she has done for her sport from her region and her religion and, and, and her lifestyle uh, is Ramla Ali. But I think the other choices were very good choices as well. So now we go to our next yeah. category which is uh, Comeback Award of the Year, David. Who do you uh, give that award to?
2: Um, that was kind of tough. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I picked uh, Lee Bucinio because she had been without a title for a long time, and she scraped and and, and fought her way to this title against the Argentina in uh, San Diego. And, uh, you know, she's not the same young fighter anymore, but somehow she pulled it off. And uh, so I give it to her, Mexico's uh, Aureli Mucino. That's a great choice, David. Go ahead, Lupi.
1: My comeback award was Yocasta Vale. And I know some are going to say, come back from where? But this is somebody <laughs> who said to have signed a contract with Denisa and not following through, and then she came back with a new coach in Gloria Alvarado, and she took a couple real fights with Titu toon Nguyen, and she took mm-hmm. her WBO title to add to her own IBF. and then she followed up with Evelyn Bermudez and took her belt to become a three-division world champ, leaving me and Felipe speechless.
2: Mm. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <She's> like, All <laughs> All I-
0: I, I'm going to agree with David. I think that Aureli Mucino has... And not only that, David, but unfortunately, and very tragically for Aureli, she lost her father slash trainer to COVID.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: so she actually captured that world title in a tough fight um, uh, without her father and her trainer in the corner and with a, a new team in Joel Diaz, which is also a great trainer as well. But I think that kind of adds a little bit to, to the the, uh, her comeback—that not only did she come back to the world stage and become a world champion again, but she did it in honor of her father and without her father, um, who was her longtime trainer um, in her uh, in her corner. So uh, I think those are those are great choices. But I, I'm going to go with Aurelia Montina as well with like David. Now our number five category, which is our potential breakout, and what this means is a fighter that's on the verge to break out in 2023 and be quite possibly a little bit bigger name than they are now because we do have another category that's a breakout start of the year, but this is a potential breakout of who could be the next name in the sport in 2023, David. Who is your choice?
2: Well, ironically, I picked somebody that you picked for inspirational. I picked uh, Ramala Ali for potential breakout. I think she's right on the verge well, becoming a big star. So that, that's my choice, Hwamala Ali.
0: Good choice. David, uh, Lupi.
1: Yeah, I think I got this mixed up. So it was potential breakout? Yeah.
0: Let's see,
1: I, I think I got some... Yeah, you know what? I am I went. Gonna, with, you, yeah, I got it confused. Gonna, so, you're going to pass? Yeah, because I think it might <laughs> fall somewhere else. Okay, no
0: worries. No worries. We should... We should have had a little discussion before, but, but that's good to know. That's good to know. My breakout, uh, potential breakout, which I think is going to be a big, big name, is the fighter that we mentioned not too long ago, is Brazilian Beatriz Ferreira. I mean, she's very oh. she's very entertaining. She's very skillful. She's very aggressive. And that's what I like. I mean, I like, I like skillful, aggressive fighters. I mean, we see aggressive fighters all the time, whether they be male or female, going forward, throwing punches, wild punches, wide punches, uh, off balance. I mean, there's some fighters like that that are world champions. Case in point, uh, Emmanuel Vaquero Navarrete, who I cannot, for the life of me, uh, understand why he's a world champion. But there he is, another fighter um, who retired that I could never believe he was a world champion Is uh, was Daniel Ponce de Leon. In the female world... Uh this fighter, um uh uh what's her name? Maria Guadalupe Bautista, the WBA hundred eighty pound seven. I don't know how she's a champ. I can't believe she beat <laughs> Gabriela Sanchez. Um you know, but there you have it. But Pereira is aggressive but she's she has technique. She, she you could tell that she has a an a amateur pedigree. Um and I think that she and then with Eddie Hearn and the whole mat room, the zone, uh, uh, you know, campaign behind her. I think that sure. in 2023 she's gonna be uh, a name that we're gonna be talking about a lot more. Uh, so there you have hey, it. Felipe? David goes with
1: Ronda. Yes, Okay, yes. so I didn't uh-huh. understand it. My potential breakout was okay. BFD Ferreris too. I mean, the Olympic silver medalist, she had the two fights. She fought Brazil's undefeated, Tiana Cordoza, who's 5-0. and 0. And then less than a month later, she brutally knocked out Carice Brown, 7-1. and one. I mean, and on design, and she has a beautiful smile and a personality to match. And I can see why Eddie Hearn's working with her. You know what caught my eye? When she signed the contract, if uh, if you guys follow her on Instagram, she had a quick video. She walked to the table, and as she was walking to the table, someone threw her a pen and she grabbed it, and in Spanish she said, "Here we go! I'm gonna like rip her apart." And I was like, "Oh my god!" with a big smile. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "This girl is crazy." I, I hate that
0: video. <laughs> I, I, I do. I, I, hate to, I hate to correct people, but she doesn't speak Spanish. She speaks Portuguese.
1: Oh. Mm hmm. Sorry. sorry yeah, really, I'll So to send it to you.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, I want to see that video. That seems, that seems, see, 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 she's starting to show a little bit of personality because after her last yeah. fight with Chris Brown, we interviewed her after the fight and they used a uh, a uh, translator, but you can still see her personality come through, even though the, mm-hmm. the translator was horrible. I mean, you could tell that he wasn't translating what she was saying, but you could kind of see her smile. You can see that she's excited to be on the center stage uh, to a certain extent on the zone and with matchroom. So, I'm really excited about her, and I really want to see more of her uh, in 2023. Now, number six, David, uh, the most avoided award of 2022.
2: Who do you give it to? Uh, As always, the last seven years, uh, Kenya Enriquez. I mean, I don't see anybody more avoided than Kenya.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There you have it. Well, then we'll see what happens with her. And what's coming in 23, Lupi, who do you have?
1: Uh, my most avoided is Melissa Parker. With one fight in 2022 against McKenna Tansley, it looks like MMA is stealing her away. I mean, you know that saying when they say, no nobody wants that. And thing. I'm actually
0: going to go with the one that we've given it given to, Um, we actually gave it to her last year, and we've given it to her previously. And it's going to get to the oh. point where it's going to be too old, but we can't deny it that nobody ever mentions her. She's ranked highly in all the, uh, all the organizations and nobody just says, nobody says her name. And that's Layla MacArthur, you know?
2: Oh, you know, I, I I think
0: 2023 has to be the year, whether that either she fights the name and, and we know we talked to her. We've had her on the show. We have interviewed her. We've had discussions of whether they're paying her what she deserves, or she's pricing herself out. Whatever the case may be, but you know, with the with the purses that we're seeing in 2023, especially in the United States or in England or something like that, there's gotta kind of one or two things have to happen. Either she has to just make it happen with whatever amount they're offering her, or Somebody has to step up and just pay her and figure out if their fighter is as good as they think by beating Lena MacArthur. So we'll see what happens. But I think 2023 has to be the year that something happens with her, or, just, or or she, or we just don't mention her anymore because there's no, I mean, there's no point to. I mean, just to let you know, um, last time she fought. She's 43 years old and not that up there. She last she hasn't fought nearly. Uh, she last fought March 25th of 2022, so it's been nine months. And before that, she hadn't fought in two years. Obviously, we have uh, COVID and everything. No, she
2: fought. She fought the last year too.
0: But it's not a boxing. So it probably, it, it probably wasn't But she fought.
2: A, I saw it. I saw it. Um,
0: she, they just. She's she knocked out a
2: light heavyweight. It's actually uh, not oh, on light that's
0: anyway. That's right. I remember that? What, where was it? at? Was it like in
2: Africa or something? That was in, yeah, no, Saudi. Mm, I think it was nice. in Saudi Arabia.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, that, yeah, I remember that. did wasn't it going to be two fights and then one the opponent didn't show up or something like that? When yeah, so she ended up winner like on on short notice. Then exactly. they never Exactly. Yeah, they never put that fight up on Boxrec, so they didn't, they didn't deem it a a competitive fight but it is what it is but that's that's what we have for uh avoided uh most avoided fighters so number seven uh on our category we have upset of the year david who do we have
2: uh i pick uh nino Hughes oh. for for upset over uh jamie mitchell
0: yeah five and o fighter beating uh jamie mitchell who who didn't have a lot more fights uh under her belt but that wasn't expected. So uh it was it was just uh oh that's not her. Let me see. Let me give you a little bit of background on Jenny Mitchell.
2: Uh
0: Jamie <laughs> Mitchell is uh eight and one with two with two draws, five knockouts. She had won her title uh by beating Shannon Courtney a majority decision. Uh, then she defended against Carly Skelly with a fourth round knockout and then she goes over to Dubai and loses the unanimous decision to Nina Hughes who is now 5-0 with two knockouts. Jamie Mitchell is 37 years old. Nina Hughes is 40 years old. Um, she has been fighting a 10-rounder since her third fight. She only has five fights and in her fifth fight she captures the WBA World bantamweight <laughs> title. Tango. That's a great that's a great choice for up to the year. Lupi, did
1: you have something different? I did have something different. And I wasn't surprised by um, Nina Hughes beating. I've, I've watched Jamie Mitchell in the amateurs, and I kind of see her sparring versus what she does in the ring. And actually, I was really stoked, happy, and surprised that she won the world champ. And then, But I wasn't surprised that Nina took it from her. And I'm Jamie, will ever get it back. But my upset of the year was... Wow. um This was a hard one for me because, I mean... Because I was thinking, not Alicia versus Kayla, because so many people thought Alicia was going to win. But I went with um yes, Neri beating Tudy Buff with that 10-round split decision, ending Tootie's 13-year reign. Even though Tootie never really fought anybody, but that was my up to
2: yeah. Interesting.
0: I'm going to go with Nina Hughes. I think that was a little bit unexpected. Uh, more so, I believe, Lupi. in my opinion, Neri Platas is a pretty solid fighter, and Duty um, Bob hadn't looked that great. She actually had lost like, in a six rounder in a non world title fight beforehand. So I think the writing was the, on the wall that when she faced um, somebody with the experience like Nelly Platas, that that could have been the case. I kind of didn't see that Nina Hughes upset coming. So I go with the Nina Hughes over Jamie Mitchell for the WBA bantamweight title. And now number our Arca- Category number eight, now this is our breakout star of the year. So this is a little bit different than potential. Potential is who's going to be – who could be a a star or a breakout in 2023? Who was the breakout star of 2022? Who came out? Who jumped on the boxing radar and had everybody talking about her? David, who's your choice?
2: Uh, I guess I would have to be uh, Alicia Baumgartner. I mean, she just dominated pretty much uh, everything she did. Well, for me, she she just seemed to really put her staff on
0: 2022.
1: I agree with that. Uh, Lupi? Yeah, I say the lead to too. And I say that because there were so many people. I mean, she came out and just looked. But there were so many people, including Michaela herself, who didn't even know who she was. Mm. Well, and now they know that's
0: my stuff. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that's another unanimous decision from us, uh, Brit- Alicia Baumgartner, because, you know, she, she beat Terry Harper last year, obviously, for the WBC Super Featherweight title. And then she defended it against Edith Elis- Matisse, you know, a veteran. Uh,
2: Good point. You know,
0: domin- dominating that fight. And then she, you know, got a split decision over Mikaela Mayer uh, in a great fight, in a very much anticipated fight, Baumgartner and Michael and Mayer, I mean, they just, not only did they mesh for a great fight inside the ring, but they really meshed outside the ring to promote that fight. I mean, I mean, honestly, oh, yeah. I, I didn't care about any other fight before that than Mayer and Baumgartner. I mean, I would go on Twitter and just scroll and scroll and scroll and just to see what <laughs> they were saying to each other and everything. And, and, and even after the fight, they're still. Going at it. I don't know if you guys which uh, that fight in, in Phoenix that Juan Francisco Estrada fight. They were both there, and Bob, uh, Michael Amir sent her some flowers, and then Baumgartner went back and <laughs> gave her like some, some note. And, and I'm not gonna repeat what it said on the note, and threw the flowers at her. Oh my God, it's amazing. It's the most entertaining thing I've seen oh my God, in, I in oh my God.
1: I got- miss that
0: yeah you haven't seen that video loopy no
1: oh my oh,
0: god look it, they have uh, alicia baumgartner has it in her uh, in her in her instagram i believe <laughs> and you, i'm sure you can find it <laughs> where she walks from her from her seat to mayor gives her a card i'm not i'm private. <laughs> the card says and then throws the flowers at at uh at mayor i mean and then mayor's smile uh, uh when she gets her 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 the flowers thrown at her is is priceless so I love it. I love it. And I think uh, – and then not only that, but Bob gone after the fight, she's been at every DAZN show. It doesn't matter if it's in Saudi Arabia, Dubai, mm-hmm. England, United States. She was at the WBC convention. I think she's at the WBA convention right now. She's everywhere. So, for me, she's the breakout star of 2022. and um, Because she's really going out there and promoting herself. And showing the world that she's a world champion, not only inside the ring, but outside the ring by, you know, really putting herself out there. She's commentating. She's interviewing. She's doing it all. So we move on to our next category, which is fight of the year, David. I think there's no competition for what the fight of the year is, but I'll go ahead and let you announce it. Uh,
2: Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: They're, in fact, uh there's many uh, male reporters that are saying that should be fight of the year, period. Not just okay. for women, but for for men, too. I mean, that was the fight of all fights. Yeah,
0: I agree. I agree. I agree with fight of the year also. Uh, Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano. Lupi,
1: I'm sure you're in agreement as well. That's mine, selling out the garden.
0: Yeah, so another unanimous decision from us, and now we move to our
1: last ca-
0: category for the two-minute round 2022
1: awards. Fighters Wait, Felipe, did we have knockout of the year?
2: Yeah, knockout of the year.
0: Oh, we had knockout of the year. Oh, sorry, number nine, knockout of the year. Who do we have, David?
2: Well, I had the Caroline Dubois knockout over uh Koleva uh, or whatever you call her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was an October 15 card. It was basically the only real knockout on that card. It was a star-studded card, and she obliterated that woman. I mean, that girl has power. I don't know if you saw that fight, but she can whack Caroline I like DuBois. her.
1: Yes, I like her. Another one. Have uh, be- I have... Savannah Marshall versus knocking out Femke Herman in the third round. That was brutal. Oh, yeah. She almost rolled right out of the ring.
2: That was last year? <laughs> I forgot all about that one. Jeez. That, you, she that was, was rolled
1: out of the ring. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, Here that's true. That's right. Uh,
0: which, which
1: one did you say? Savannah Marshall knocking out Femke Herman. You've got to see that... it. <laughs>
0: Uh, that's the one that Brutal. I was looking for. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. that's my next yeah. year. But you know what? An, an honorary mention, and even though it was a, wasn't a one-punch knockout, but I'm going to do an honorary mention on the Ebony Bridges over Shannon O'Connor when she finally caught her against the ropes and and, and landed yeah. that broad. <laughs> I thought Shannon O'Connor yeah. was, oh was going to end up on the first rope. You know, that last punch yeah, that, she know- knack- that prompted the referee oh, yeah. to, stop, to stop the fight. I thought that was. Yeah. I, I, I She looked. I thought she was gonna be like out, and uh, she was out yeah, for a second. That's so great. I give that just for the fact that it wasn't like a knockout where it was a technical knockout. But I give that an honorary mention because Bridges yeah. landed some hell.
2: hell, hell yeah, gracious, definitely. Uh, punches.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, that was a good one.
1: Yeah. So now we move on
0: to to Fighter of the Year, David. Who do you have for? I know this is a tough category. There's been a lot of fighters. That have achieved a lot in 2022, unified the division, won, you know, a lot of things, you know. Um, well, and I think it's a tough, it, tough choice. But who's yours, David?
2: Yeah, well, it, it was very, very tough. But then I was, I, I just had to pick Alisa Baumgartner. I had to go with her. Uh, she beat, she beat somebody in her division. She wasn't fighting somebody smaller or. Mm-hmm bigger or you know, she actually beat a pound for palm fighter in the Kayla Mayor and uh and I had to give it to her to Bob Gardner. It was a very, very because you have Clarissa, you have Katie, you have Amanda, you have them all. But I had to go with Bob Gardner. Yeah,
1: this one this was the hard. This was really hard for me because my immediate answer was Clarissa Shields, and then I went to Katie Taylor for beating the seven division world champ Amanda Serrano, and then I just said I'm going with Alicia Bumgarner for coming out of nowhere, like people said, to beat fellow world champ Michaela Mayer.
0: You know what? I,
1: new think,
0: I think it's a tough. Because I think like Valle has a. She has. I think she's an honorary mention because. You know yeah. that that knees girl that she beat for the WBL title. I mean that was that was non-sequential. Then that uh, I forgot her name. She's really tough. She's really game, but she really didn't bring a lot to the table. The you know, one that she fought at the, in Orange County, Via Lobos, who was a long. Oh, was yeah, a, who Arne, was a,
1: yeah, Lorraine. Yeah, Lorraine. Who was last,
0: yeah, who was a last minute replacement. So, but the fact that she went up to 108 and beat a, a previously undefeated Evelyn Bermudez, that was impressive. But it I was. agree with David, and then Natasha us and when she has done in 154 pounds, even though she's really a natural yeah. 135 pounder, and she's beating bigger girls, but but I agree with David that Alicia Baumgartner beat a, 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 a top pound-for-pound, pound, top five, arguably a top yep. five pound-for-pound pound fighter in Mikael Um, to unify the division, and Besides that, everything else that we said, Breakout Star, where she's really going out there and putting herself out there and making herself known as Alicia Baumgartner, I, I myself gave her the Fight of the Year Award as well. So, surprisingly, we had some, some unanimous decisions on, on, um, from all three of us on the Never Boring Award. Um, who else did we have? as, as um, We had the Fight of the Year was unanimous. Uh knock knockout of the year wasn't Fighter of the Year was unanimous. Um yeah. so we had a bunch of uh, a bunch of unanimous but uh so very good uh, awards and now we're gonna move on to the fights that we wanna see in twenty twenty three. But before we do that, let me give you the list of the fights that we that we wanted to see in twenty twenty two and see which ones happened and which ones didn't. We had uh Tinesia Strada because Valle, that didn't happen. We wanted to see Marlene Sparza against Naoko Fiyoka. That did happen on April 9th of 2022 with scoring the scoring a unanimous decision in capturing the uh, Flyweight 112 uh, WBA title. We wanted to see Mariana Juarez against Adelaida Reyes. That did not, actually not Mariana, uh, 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 Lourdes Juarez against Adelaida Reyes. That did not happen. And it may may not happen. Um, but um, but now that uh, Lourdes is not the world champion anymore, but Ashley Gonzalez is, and Laird is the interim champion, there's another fighter there who has stepped in the middle of that. So we'll see if that, if that happens in the future. We wanted to see Julian Luna against Jackie Nava. That didn't happen. Jackie Nava ended up retiring. We wanted to see Alicia Baumgartner against Mikaela Mayer. That did happen on October 15, 2022, with Bob Garner obviously winning the split decision. We wanted to see K Taylor against Amanda Serrano. That did happen on April 30th, 2022, with Taylor winning the split decision and being named Fight of the Year here uh, in the two-minute round. We wanted to see Chantel Cameron against Callie Reese. That did not happen. Callie Reese, uh, you know, after having some uh, uh, medical issues that she have not, has have not disclosed, She's also an actress now uh, uh, starring on an HBO series. We wanted to see Mary McGee against Jessica Camara. That did not happen. We wanted to see Jessica McCasco against Alma Ibarra. That did happen on June twenty fifth, 2022, with uh, McCasco winning a uh, third-round TKO. And the last one, which we've been asking for for years, I think we're going to stop <laughs> that. Raquel Miller over Marcella Cornejo. That did not happen once again. So with that said, Loopy, give us the five fights that you want to see
1: in 2023. Oh gosh, I don't even have these down, but let me see what I want. Um, I'd love to see and I'm going to stop with Raquel after this, but I'd like to see Raquel Miller versus Hammer or Maritella versus Hammer just to get them back in the mix. Mm. Um, Jessica Camara. let's get her let's get Mary McGee let's get Mary Let's get Christina Leonard too. Um, mm let's uh we're are we gonna see uh, uh baby Choi versus Alicia bumgarner? That's the other one that we're probably gonna see um and uh, who else that's all I could do off the top of my head
2: all right
0: we'll we'll come we'll come back for you you got two more choices, okay, David, give me your
2: advice I'm gonna write them down, but number one would be Layla McCarter versus um Katie Taylor. Uh number two would be Sanisa Estrada versus Yocasta Valle. Mm-hmm. Number three would be Clarissa Shields versus Franchon Cruz, a rematch. Wow. Number four would be Amanda Serrano versus uh Eric Cruz. And then number five would be uh and that one's um uh, Tough one, the, the new Japanese champion, uh, Makita versus Lourdes um, Juarez. I think that would be a good one.
0: Wow. Good choices for David. I think we have a couple that, that uh, we agree on. I do want to see Estrada and Valle. I think this is the year that we're going to see that. I want to see the rematch between Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano, but in Ireland. Okay, I think that would be an even bigger event than what we saw this year at Madison Square Garden. I think Serrano has mentioned that she's game. Jake Paul, her promoter, has mentioned that she's game. Katie Taylor says that she's game. I think they have to do a fight before that. I think Serrano is looking for something else, and we'll touch on that right now as far as before that. I believe that they're trying to sign some kind of two fight deal with the zone matchroom boxing, where one of the fights will be the other fight that I want to see Serrano in this year, which is to unify against Erica Cruz. And then the second fight of that deal with the zone, which wouldn't be the first time that she signs a, a multi-fight deal with the zone. Remember she was supposed to fight Kay Taylor in the third fight and she ended up not doing it. She ended up fighting it later, but not part of that deal. Um, but it will be Serrano against Erica Cruz. So for what I've seen is they're trying to do a two-fight deal where Serrano gets Erica Cruz, who is being promoted by Matchroom Boxing and on, on and featured on The Zone. And then the second fight of that deal will be Katie Taylor uh, uh, in Ireland at Coke cook, cook, or Coke Field or something like that, 80,000 people. Mm-hmm. So I would love to see that. So I'm going with number one, Estrada against Baye, Taylor Serrano in Ireland. I want to see the rematch. I think it, it merits a rematch, but I want to see in the United States Baumgartner against Mayer. I want to see that rematch. I want to see Serrano against Cruz Unified. And then I want to see at 154 pounds, Clarissa Shields against Cecilia Breakhouse, who is coming back this weekend. Um, so those are the five fights that I want to see. Loopy, you want to... Mention two more. You want to yeah, agree you know, with
1: those one are of great, that those? are great fights, Felipe. Those are great rematches too. Um, I'd love to see the the Estrada-Via. I don't have faith that it'll happen. But what does give me a little hint, a little bit of faith is Coach uh, Gloria pushing that fight. Um, there's. I'd like to see Clarissa versus Mary Spencer. i have been hearing chatter of that on social media, and I know Clarissa beat her twice in the amateurs, and I think that'd be a great one just to get it.
0: Hmm, interesting. That is it's, it's, yeah,
2: interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, What's the other thing that I saw on, well, anyway, so now we got um, our next show is scheduled for January 4th, which will be the new year, 2023. But he, here's the upcoming calendar. This is what we have coming up from here to the end of the year. We have on Thursday, December 25th, No, Thursday, December 15th, which is tomorrow. I'm like, Christmas? They're not going to find out Christmas. (laughs) It's going to be on ESPN knockout. Diana Fernandez against Natalie Delgado. It was rumored because they hadn't really gone out and said what what, uh, weight class she was going to fight, and it was rumored that they were trying to set her up to fight at a different weight class, Diana Fernandez, and we were... I was guessing that it was going to be at Bantamweight, but... They actually weighed in today and they weighed at super flyweight, 115 pounds. So it's going to be against Panama's Natalie Delgado in a 10-rounder tomorrow from Ciudad Juarez. And on Friday, December 16th, in Quebec, Canada, Mary Spencer takes on Femke Hermans in a 10-rounder for the IBO 150-pound title. That's going to be pretty impressive if Spencer can knock her out as spectacularly as Savannah Marshall did against Femke. And on Saturday, December 17th, in Guatemala City, Guatemala, Maria Michelle Santizo takes on Arlen Sanchez in an eight-rounder, 108 pounds. Last time we saw Maria Mich- Michelle Santiso, she was getting destroyed by – actually, she didn't get destroyed. She actually fought in a, to an eight-round, I think, against uh, Anabel Ortiz, which was actually um, – a pretty good, uh, pretty good fight. But there's a reason why I mentioned this fight. Let me give me one second. There's really nothing to write home about, but I wanted to see. Uh, let me see if I, if I. There's a reason why I mentioned it. I can't find it. Give me one second. Sorry, I can't find it. Anyway, so she's gonna be fighting in Guatemala City, Guatemala, Maria Michelle Santiso. And in England, on Saturday, December 17th, Caroline de Bois takes on Amin Bouchetta in a six-rounder at 135 pounds. On Sunday, December 18th, from... England oh, you Canada, her Cecilia. Oh, Cecilia Breakhouse on Saturday, December tenth, Because that was just announced this week. Um, yeah. Let's see if they have it in the box, right. um, So we could give you... She's fighting an Argentinian with uh, dubious... What what is what is the definition of dubious? Uh, David, you're you're a you're a, you're a, you're a, a journalist. journalist our, what
2: was that, your name <laughs> <you're> journalist? <laughs> no, history.
0: Oh, I'm sorry.
1: I think she's doing.
0: she's fighting an eight. It says yeah. hesitating or doubting. So, <laughs> so I mean, It's a she has a dubious record. The the this Argentinian. Yeah, it's not a drink. They haven't put her on boxers, but she has, like, a dubious record, the Argentinian <laughs> that the Ciglia Breakhouse is, is facing. But she hasn't fought since March of 2021, so it's been way over a year. So it's, and it's interesting that she's going to be fighting on a, on a golden boy card. So yeah. uh, she's 40. On the zone. It doesn't say her age on boxers, uh On the zone. So that's going to be pretty interesting. But that's going to be on Saturday, December 17th. On the zone, you can the watch arena, the have, zone. Yep. Yeah, we'll be uh, tuning into that one. And on Sunday, December 18th, I'm Toronto, Canada. Amanda Gale takes on Lucy Elena Martinez in an eight-rounder at 122 pounds. On Wednesday, December 21st, in New York City, New York, Tulem Orbina comes back against Indea Smith in an eight-rounder at 115 pounds. So I'm guessing that Sulem is going to make a run at 115 pounds. You know. Yeah. I think it's a good choice for her. And on Friday, December oh, thirtieth in Buenos Aires, Argentina, Maria Moneo takes on former world champion, veteran Erika Farias, and a ten rounder for the hundred and thirty five pound WBA Feta latin Um title. David, before I move on and before we say goodbye, um, you mentioned that you want to see Layla McCarthy against Leila against Kay Taylor. Uh, hopefully in 2023. Do you think that Kate, that that at 43 years old, Layla McCartney can still make 135 pounds?
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure she can. She doesn't walk away, walk around at a heavy weight. Um, she's basically a lightweight. She's been fighting heavier because nobody would fight her at the lightweight. And, uh, she can't make anything lower unless, well, this is what she's told me, that it would take her you know a couple of months, but she can make lightweight, but her real weight is one forty that's her real weight, and um but she can make lightweight for Katie she would
0: wow, that' be you know what that'd be' cause, I mean me and putting my my promoter slash matchmaker hat on imagine. Imagine in the first half of 2023, we get Amanda Serrano against Erica Cruz. And Katie Taylor has to fight somebody. And there's really nobody out there that could be a big enough name to make sense. I mean, she's pretty much fought everybody at 135 pounds. So, why not fight Layla MacArthur in the first half of 2023? And then in the second Mm -hmm. half, obviously both coming in with wins. They can face each other. Even if, let's say Katie Taylor, I mean, not even if Katie Taylor lost against Layla MacArthur, she wouldn't, be undefe- she wouldn't be undefeated anymore. It doesn't matter. She wouldn't be unified. Why would that impede us by ha- to have Katie Taylor against Amanda Serrano in the second half of 2023 anyways? Because we know that it's going to be a great fight anyways if Katie Taylor, even if she would lose against Layla MacArthur, we would still want to see Amanda Serrano against Katie Taylor in the second half because it's just going to yeah. make for a
2: great fight. Mm-hmm. So,
0: so You know, that's just me dreaming. But, you know, our next show is January 4th. We're going to talk about all the fights that we just mentioned on the upcoming calendar and whatever else comes up. Uh, Just a little update. Marisela Cornejo is in South Africa. She's fighting for the WBO international title against a South African. The fight was postponed. I think it was supposed to happen this weekend. Now it's happening, like, Tuesday or Wednesday or something like that oh no oh. it's happening tomorrow i think because they weighed in today yeah tomorrow um, she made wait but it was supposed oh, to happen last it? yeah it was supposed to happen last <gasps> weekend so that's a little bit of something there oh uh, this is what i remember Mikaela Mayer posted today on her on her um um instagram on her twitter she mentioned uh after 24 hours and i'm i'm not not I'm not using, it's not an exact quote, but basically a paraphrasing. I was looking for that word, David. Um, she mm-hmm. said, you know, after 24 hours of negotiating, Hugh Min Choi, uh suddenly is injured. So she, what a joke she is or something to that effect is what nicola Mayer. So if we take if we take her, her, what she stated, it looks like instead of negotiating with Baumgartner to unify, it looks like she Somehow another top rank was negotiating with Human Choi to have Mayer fighter. Now imagine that. Mayor fights Human Choi beats Um Hume Choi. Now if Baumgartner wants to unify, she has to rematch Mayer again. Something that Baumgartner said she was not gonna do. She was not gonna give Mayor oh. the rematch. Again, right? So I like I'm, that. I, if Top Rank is really behind mayor, and I believe she will, they're throwing money at Human Choice Hunter. I'll give you X amount, a crap load of money for you to play, play, uh mayor and not Baumgartner, and then we will secure the fight, pretty much secure the fight against Baumgartner again because Baumgartner needs wow. to be undis- uh, undisputed. So very interesting. Wow. But according to hey, Mayer, guys. Go ahead.
1: So I'm looking at Marisella's um, Instagram, and she's holding her and her opponent are holding the WBO. She goes, the WBO coming back to USA. She's fighting for a belt. Well, it's an
2: international,
1: international
0: oh, belt. It probably looks the same. It probably just says international on the on the shield there. So oh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Too. Hopefully, hopefully it does come home, and then we can see her. What what weight is what weight weight? Does it say on there?
2: supposed to be a uh, middleweight
0: middleweight right yeah middle. so, mm-hmm. let me tell you who is the uh, middleweight champion there because let's wbo doesn't have and middleweight
2: yeah Clarensa Clarensa has, has level.
0: Level. yeah wow so yeah, maybe my, my name my <laughs> didn't
1: win the title Good luck.
0: yeah so well that's all we're gonna say so our next show is january 4th from everybody here on the two minute round we wish you a a Merry Christmas, a Happy Kwanzaa, a what's the other thing? The the Happy Hanukkah, Seasons greetings, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year from everybody here <laughs> at the two minute round. Good night, everybody, and
2: we'll okay, see you safe.
0: next, year. next Good year. Good night. Good night. Good okay.
2: night.